One, two, one, two. Now here we go. You know what time it is? Welcome to another episode of the Frankie Lee Podcast. Our mission, to empower others to break patterns, flip perspectives, so that together we have clarity, direction, and success way beyond what we ever previously thought possible. Here's your host, Frankie Lee. Welcome back to the Frankie Lee Podcast. Today we are joined by the one and only legend, the Sunday Times best-selling author, the one, the only, the cookbook sensation herself, food for the soul, Miss Lucy Lord. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me on, Frankie. It's good to see you. It, it's good. To, it's good to find. It's good to finally see you after I sat here for ten minutes trying to figure out how to let you into the room. Like, to figure it all out. Honestly, honestly, yeah, because this is obviously Lords in um Lord. Where are you in the UK? Or are you in Scotland? Um, I am. In, no, I'm not in Scotland. I'm just outside of Cheltenham. Which so, is like yeah. above Bristol, below Birmingham, in the Cotswolds somewhere. So it, it's it's a, it's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful place. I think the best place for us to start with this podcast, Lord, um, for the people, obviously a lot of your people that, that follow you will already know about your journey, but um, for the people that people on my end that don't, I suppose um, the best place for us to start is obviously you. I, I want to start with um, why you left the UK originally to, to come to Australia and then everything that's happened for you since then. Because I think there's a lot that's happened in that kind of juncture of your life. So like, kind of give us a bit of a brief indication of why you you know why you just flew out the UK really yeah I mean it was five years ago just over five years ago since I left originally and um, I think long story short it was just an accumulation of just not being happy and just slowly kind of driving down this road of um, like complacency and getting a bit fed up with everything and having ticked off all of the boxes that social societies give us to fulfill, which are things like have a good job, have a nice car, buy a house, you know, good friends, all of that stuff. And I kind of ticked, I was ticking all those off, but there was still this like unfulfillment, I suppose, within me. And I just got caught up in really bad habits, as everyone does, of just going out every weekend and then it kind of dribbled into during the week three times on a weekend just going out just partying just getting shit-faced every time and um waking up hating yourself regretting kind of digging that hole deeper to the point that I was just like you know I just want to get out I just want to get out I hate I hate the habits and the environments that I'm in I just want a fresh start and it just so happened that um, a friend of mine who I went to school with in Scotland was in a similar position. She lived up in Edinburgh and she was like, Do you know what, let's just let's just move somewhere else. And it was like that. And within six months had um, yeah packed up everything, rented the house out, ticked all those boxes and was on a flight. And we did uh, three or four months traveling before moving to um, Sydney. But there was no intention to stay there for you just came two for a little months, travel. Two years, it was just like, let's just see what happened. You know, I didn't want, I knew I didn't want to come back to the UK, but I knew I wasn't going to be there forever. I just thought, you know what, for now, it was just, I just want to get out and just start building something until the time that that changes. It kind of, it, it's kind of one of them things with the UK. Um, I think we, we, it seems real different in Australia. Like everyone's, everyone's kind of more open to a more entrepreneurial type thing than what I noticed back in the UK. Back in the UK, we'd like taught to get a job, get a trade, do this, do that, go to uni. Like I suppose you, you pursued uni, I pursued 
carpentry and joinery and, and do the trade. We both ended up with, with property and this and that and doing all the social signalling stuff. You know, might have the, I had the sports car, the, the penthouse apartment and all this stuff. You had the house, all that crap. But then you sat there and you're like, you, you, you're in your mid-twenties now and you're thinking to yourself, well, I've got all these things that society tells me that I should have, but I feel like kind of lost. It's like not really, is that kind of how you felt too? Like, because that's how I felt. 26 years yeah. old I was like there's nothing there's not I've got all this I've got all these things but I don't I don't feel like I've done nothing like do you know what I mean mm, it was it was exactly that um and it was just this feeling of emptiness kind of inside which was there in a, in a kind of like a small way and then gradually over the years kind of compounded into quite a big feeling and um was you know, quite deep in the realms of depression and all all of these prescription medications for depression, anxiety, sleep problems, but then the kind of partying lifestyle and going out and smoking and binge drinking and, and all the rest, staying up until seven in the morning just feeds that and makes it worse. And I was listening to your podcast um, with Paul Moore a couple of days ago. Yeah, and no I way. loved how he, I love him anyway, but I love He's how great, he- lad. Yeah, he's great. I love how he said, you know, I have no doubt that if my habits were to change, I'd be back on that cliff. You know, it's not, what I've come to understand is it's not so much our environment and where we live and whether I'm in Sydney on Bondi Beach or whether I'm, you know, in the UK in the middle of summer and it's raining outside. It's very much the weather inside that counts. And um, I love that. I love that. I love that. This is this is this is why I got you on here, Lord, because you drop some absolute pearls of wisdom. It's the weather inside yourself <laughs> that has just honestly. I felt warm when you said that. I, <laughs> you you hit things from a different level. I tell you, this is because like, I heard it's freezing in yeah. Brisbane. Uh, it, that, no, it's not too bad. No, it's not too shabby. Like free, free, define freezing. Eighteen degrees, twenty degrees, not very freezing. <gasps> like, come on, okay. it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty good here, Lord. Come on. It's good, but um, it is. no, it's it's interesting you say that because obviously a lot of people work on external things, and, and growing up in England, for me personally, I was working on a lot of external things. That's why I was saying about the house, the car, the body, all this other stuff that I was working on. There wasn't a lot of mindset work going on. It's only when I came to Australia and I landed here, and I saw the abundance of opportunities and all these things that were out there for, for like the, for, the opportunities for like the likes of me, for the likes of you, for the likes of James, Diren, all these people that have come here and made something for themselves or tried or, or made something better for themselves. It's just like it just opens up your com- mind to everything, really. When when you landed here and you, obviously you're in Sydney, did you did you just sit there one day? Because it happened to me about a week into Australia. I sat there on the beach one day and I just looked down and thought, do you know what? There's no way. I, there's no way on God's earth that I can just. I've got to stay here for a little for for a time because there's so much I've got to do here. Did you ever get that point when you felt that? Probably about three years in. Three years, literally. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think you know, and I think that it's so romanticized. This kind of like pack up your stuff and move and you know go to Sydney or go to Bondi, or go to Bali, or all these kind of like real woke places where entrepreneurs kind of thrive and there's a reason that they do but yeah it's probably three years because for me I moved out and I had five figures worth of debt on a credit card in the UK despite having uh, a really good yeah despite having a really good job just kept buying things that were way outside of like my means and living this lifestyle that yeah I mean you know going out every weekend is not uh, cheap so 
I had that. I moved to a hostel for eight weeks in Sydney. I think I had about... Don't know how you did that. Don't know how you stayed in the hostel. I mean, at the time, do you know, at the time I was so happy because it felt free. It felt free. That's what, to me, it felt. It wasn't, you know, you're in the UK. This is the person you are. This is the things that you do. This is what you stand for. This is what you own. You kind of drop all the labels. So that, to me, was was really freeing. I think I had $3,000 in my bank account, which... I mean, it wasn't even, that's not even a month's rent in Bondi. Um, no way, not a chance. And I, I had that. <laughs> and no job to go to, no nothing lined up, no car, no friends over there, apart from my one friend who, she moved into the city and had a job, like a corporate job all lined up. And I wanted to live by the beach. So we, we kind of um, lived separately. Uh, yeah, I didn't know anyone, didn't have anything, just started started from scratch really. But it was a very liberating feeling. I didn't have that feeling of, do you know what life is life is really great or it's working in my favor or i really need to grasp this opportunity until probably yeah two three years down the line because because what what a lot of people won't know is that you worked in like the medical type of industry didn't you for quite for quite some time in, in, in as a job that's right isn't it got that right yeah yeah so since pretty much it's my been my kind of career since leaving uni and it was my dream job to go into and it took me months and months to try and get into and it was veterinary pharmaceutical sales um which is i mean it was a great job and in the uk kind of work up the stages and the ranking that they give you and then when i moved to australia the industry is completely different and i decided i don't want to be a manager or one of the directors, I literally, I just want to be a, like, I just want to go back to sales and be on the road. And so I took a huge jump back, which was, um, could be frowned upon on CVs. I took a massive pay cut and I just absolutely, for the three, four years that I did it out there, I just absolutely loved it, loved it. And that's, and that's what's so important though, when people do, do take, do take what you perceive as a step back because the money's less but it's not really a step back is it because it's a step further towards being happier so i think it's more of a step forward but people put it as a step back because of the because the money's less than it actually is it's just, it's just yeah and because society tells you that it you know you should be uh like what like a very kind of old school stereotypical way of your cv it should be these incremental changes you should be at a company for five years minimum keep working up but i think again kind of one of the things about moving over there and dropping all of these labels was that i no longer had to be this like oh yeah i'm a manager or yeah i'm this and that or you know i have this car or this i was like i don't i don't really i don't care i don't care about all of that stuff and that was liberating and through that ended up enjoying my job more than ever because it's a sales role and it's you know you get basic salary and then bonuses and stuff I ended up earning more but through kind of um accelerating rather than just bog standard base reacts um salary extras and yeah just having more freedom more time more um more yeah more freedom more time more liberating and my managers in Australia would be like right we're going to put you on this path and you're going to get this and I was like you know what I don't fancy it I really don't fancy it. Yeah. They kind of be looking at me like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, but but I think they're pretty much way more chilled over here than 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 what we've got in what we what we've come from in the UK in terms of like the corporate world, especially the corporate world. I mean, I've 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 signed one hundred thirty-two thousand dollars deals like in in a, in a t-shirt and a pair of shorts, like, and you'd never do that in the UK. Do you know, do you know what I'm saying? It's like you can never, you can never do that in the UK. But, but it seems like it seems like you can do so much more 
here there's so much more opportunity just because of how fluid it can be um don't get me wrong it can in in other areas sometimes you have to go back to the uk like like you you're probably better off in the uk now with how you've positioned yourself in terms of your business but in to get to get to give you to to free up your mind so that you could get to where you are right now you probably that australia's been a pivotal point in that I don't know whether you agree with this statement or not, and I'm just going to throw it out there because I think most of the people that listen to this will either be English or Australian. Like, I think everybody should leave the place where they're born and go to either England, Australia or somewhere else and go and live in another place for two or three years of their life just, just, to, just to clean out and change their whole perspective on how they look at life. Because wherever you're brought up, I mean, I, when I see a lot of... Um, people in like Queensland where I live that have never really left Queensland they've got a lot of um pre like that they just don't know how fucking good it is here because they've lived here their whole life so they've never been anywhere else whereas I think because me and you have left and and live somewhere else we can kind of see it for what it is do you agree or yeah I think I mean I think that travel and living abroad or traveling and not just like staying in a hotel for someone for three three weeks but proper uh, you know, it doesn't have to be one-star hostels, but proper traveling, seeing the world, being disconnected from your phone until you have Wi-Fi spots in the middle of Thailand or wherever it is. I, I really think it's, for me, one of the best things I've ever done. And everybody who I've spoken who has done it has pretty much agreed. But at the same time, I do think that there's people who just have no interest in it. And I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with that. I think it's just different strokes for different folks and you know there's plenty of people who I know one of my best mates included who is like I can't think of anything worse than more than two hours on a plane I just can't think of anything worse yeah, yeah, than yeah, hostels yeah, yeah. and walking yeah. all day and all of that and so I think that if there is something in you like there was in me and there was in you and a lot of you know the friendship groups that we share and have if there's anything in you that's burning inside to be like, do you know what, I, there's something, there's a curiosity there about another way of living or something about more for you. almost like a shake, like uh, a snake, like shedding its skin and starting afresh, then 100% do it. But it's, it's romanticized online. I think it always looks like it's really easy and really beautiful, especially when you go to all these beautiful places and it's not, and it's really difficult. But I think that's where the, that's where the growth is. That's where the, the beauty comes from it. Yeah, and I, and I want to just clarify something. It's certainly not easy because, I mean, and I don't know about you, but I've been broke here a few times as well. And like you said, you came here with $3,000 and coming to Australia with like $3,000 is not a lot of money. Like, let's be honest, I came here with six, you came here with three. The pair of us were absolutely um, dreaming when we when we thought of that idea. But, you know, you just have to have that, that, um, that amount of like a... I'll say balls, but like, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't both for women and men, you have to, you have to have the nuts to go and do that kind of thing with that kind of money. Cause really it's, what is it like, like you say in, in Queensland, maybe like you've, you've probably got six weeks, six weeks rent there. And, and I've probably, I'm probably talking about, you know, 12 weeks. It's not a lot of money, is it? It's not a lot of money, but obviously you, you cooking's always been something and baking has always been something that you're obviously passionate about i can obviously see that from obviously everything you're doing now right but when did you when you obviously what what part of it was it when you came to, in australia because i know you was ba- i know you're always baking on instagram but when did you think to yourself oh i can turn this into something and and start to to make a, a living out of it and then obviously going on to write a book and then be, you know what i mean there's a lot that's happened here like when did you when did you yeah. kind of fi- when did you start to figure this out 
I think I'm still figuring it out, to be honest. And I think that, again, like Australia is so special to me because it's where so much of the old me, which I really, you know, I really didn't like myself as a person. I hated myself. And I think that so much of the old me kind of went to, you know, laid to rest and almost like a newer uh, or a new version was came to light or maybe the version that was inside the whole time that just wasn't in the right environment came to light because uh, I'm still the same person just with different habits and, and beliefs and all that stuff but the food I didn't actually know how to cook until maybe early 20s 21 22 like yeah, 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 did not yeah. know how to cook what what can I just ask I want to step back there quickly you said you, you always hated yourself and that's quite that's quite an aggressive statement for a woman to openly admit and say to say to an audience like this but like why why what what is it that gave you the feeling at the time lord that kind of made you want to that that hated yourself like what what was it about it that you, you, you give me a bit of an insight into that that feeling yeah and it sounds like it's definitely the it's the feeling that i had and it's the feeling that's true but whenever i say it out loud it sounds so abrasive because it's like that's a real yeah. strong word it's a strong word and again yeah. it's not something that you hear people speaking about especially when it's so like hashtag self love and all of that stuff but i just couldn't stand myself and i think it's something that's hard to articulate but it's more of a feeling of like waking up and feeling almost like i was just like apple rotting inside it all looked fine from the outside but I'd wake up and I, there was this undercurrent of just not being happy, not being fulfilled. And mostly outside of that situation, it was just the self-talk that was in my head. It was, you know, you're so ungrateful. You're not good at this. Everything you touch turns to shit. You can't do this. You can't do that. And it was just it was more so the the negative um, talk that was going on in my head rather than, you know, waking up, looking in the mirror and being like, oh, I hate myself. You know, it was yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. It was very much more of an thing do you, do, you, do you know what was leading to leading to that so much volume of negative self-talk at that particular time though what what was driving it yeah I mean I can look back now and like you know Paul Mort says I can join the dots now and see that I just wasn't living my I mean true self is such a um, cliche loaded term but I just wasn't living in line to my values and the things that I loved to do and you know all of that stuff I was just chasing salary checks and job titles and too too way too worried about what other people think um comparisonitis and just living a life that wasn't on my own terms it very much felt directed by the world around me and yeah just kind of continuing down that path just felt like I was stepping further and further away from my own self and my truth and my like a purpose and passion and I think there's nothing worse than waking up in the morning and not having anything to get out of bed for. And for probably about six months, I really, really struggled getting out of bed. And I would sometimes stay in bed all weekend and not answer the door, curtains closed, friends would come around. Yeah, friends would come around trying to answer the door and I just would pretend to not be there. I'd purposely not drink any water so I didn't have to get up and go for a pee, all of that stuff. Um, So it's more feeling than anything I can articulate, but it's just waking up. And being like, this is not the life that I am meant to be living or I want to live or one that at the time I felt was worthy of living. I, but I love the fact that you've self-identified with that and then you've you've obviously pivoted over a period of time into something that, you, that, that has given you that kind of purpose and you've been able to find it similar to how I found obviously podcasting and all that kind of stuff that I, that I love. Do you know what I mean? But like... With, you said you'd started to learn to cook in your 20s and then obviously now then you come to Australia and you start baking stuff now obviously this is a phenomenal book guys you should all go out and buy this right food for the soul right now 
look, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you. You're gonna get you're gonna get fat if you eat too much, but it's good it's good good stuff, right, Lord? Yeah. How do you go? How do you go from just like learning how to cook to 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 developing a little bit of a passion for it and a little bit of a feeling for it, and then and then start to put together this? Like, tell tell me tell me tell me how the growth happened here. Like in terms of like you're doing it obviously cooking for friends and all that stuff and then and then how did it, how did it expand from that yeah so I think that it's not like I woke up with no purpose and no passion and then realized oh it's food and it's cooking and then just started doing more of that there was a period of probably three years where it was just I don't know what my purpose is I don't know what my passion is and so rather than trying to chase it and label it I would just spend more time doing the things that I loved And rather than trying to label it and seek it out, I would just, yeah, spend more time finding what I love, pay more attention to what I'm doing and being like, oh, do you know, do you know what? I don't really like HIIT training. Do you know what? I've been going to spin for four years and I fucking hate it. Do you know what? I actually really like this or I feel good after this. And food and cooking was one of those things. And for me, food for the soul and everything around the brands around food for the soul is so much more than just the food. It's the reason behind why we do it, why we eat it, why we're sharing it. It's almost like this form of self-care. And, you know, I really like the tagline whole foods and soul foods. And so self-care doesn't always have to be, you know, a green smoothie or a salad or something like that. It can be fish tacos. It can be sitting down with a massive wedge of carrot cake and just spending five minutes eating it and enjoying it with a friend or by yourself rather than just fish bash on the move, grab this, grab that you know, smash it down without really paying much attention to how we feel before and eating after it. it. Eating it because you've created it because you're teaching people to create something that they can have a feeling when they eat it so that it's worth eating, right? Is that is that kind of the perception of what you want for them to have? Yeah, it's, it's that feeling of connectedness. It's probably the feeling that you get doing podcasts with people. It's the feeling that yoga teachers get when they teach a class or when they take a class you know, it's that kind of feeling that you get in meditation or whenever you do something that really connects you to what you love and lights you up. And for me, it just happens to be food and cooking and sharing those concepts and ideas and watching other people kind of flourish within that. And it's not something that I ever thought this is this is one day what I will leave my job for at all, like at all. Um, and it took a lot of convincing from other people and friends and watching other people's journeys to really take that step because probably up until it was published, I still had, you know, a residue of that negative self-talk being like, who are you to do this? Who's going to buy this? Um, You know, why would someone make your stuff over someone else's? There's hundreds online, blah, blah, blah. So it's really for me much deeper than just the food. It's the reason behind why we eat it and why we make it. And yeah, what brings us closer to that feeling of connectedness, I suppose. Yeah, and I just want to pick on one thing you said there because I think it's important that people realise it. So I, I followed you on the peripherals for a lot of years before we actually met and 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 talked and and all this and connected in that way. But I was I, I always looked at some of your stuff because um, one thing I noticed about you, Lucy, is that through the th- through the last three three and a half years of James and Deeran's journey, right, you were always there as their like number one support person in australia 
right? Even though you perhaps weren't doing, you weren't perhaps on purpose with your own thing what, like you are right now, but you're always there for other people. And I think that's one of the qualities I noticed in you from the very early days. You've always had those boys' backs and there's lots of other people's backs in Australia you've had as well. And you're always like really encouraging towards other people, even though that you weren't particularly feeling 100% purposeful yourself at the time. And a lot of people, in that, when they're feeling like that, get get resentful and resent other people's success but you've actually i've seen it for years you've actually just been there and and sold and given some real good advice to those lads as well through the whole through the whole journey that they've been on so i just want to shout shout you out for that because i've seen it like firsthand like how 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 much of a support you've been to, to them and that's why when i see everything that you're doing i see you growing on the socials and i see your book coming out and i'm like I'm just buzzed for you naturally because I've seen how many years you've given to others. Do you know what I'm saying? So I just want to shout you out for that because I think that's massive. Oh, thank you. No, I love that. And I think that there's something that's so infectious about people who are just paving their own path. And that's, you know, with both James and Dirian and a lot of, you know, their friendship group, it's the people that they attract and it's the people that, uh, you know, they end up working with or doing things with. And it for me, it just when I leave places and I see or experience people doing those things, I just kind of feel this sense of um, possibility within myself. And what I've come to understand is that most of the time people, other people don't want you to to do well or yeah, yeah, they yeah. might they might like you to do well but they don't want you to do better than them not because too well. of their own kind of self yeah not too well it's like do good but but not too well um and I think especially with you know those boys my friends I've never really had that because I didn't believe in myself at all from from the scratch so I didn't have anything to kind of base my line off but I do think that the environment you're in and that's one of the great things about Australia is it gives you the environment to you know work out at six o'clock in the morning in a tank top nine months of the year the people you're around all those kind of things environment wise are so important but nowadays it's at our fingertips because we can connect to people through podcasts through books you know if you're looking around your friendship circle and you're thinking I don't want to you know there's no one here that I aspire to work with or there's no one here that inspires me then you can always find it out with your friendship circle and I think what I found coming coming back is that a lot of my friends are still doing a lot of the same things and it's there's nothing wrong with that but a lot of people who I might meet for coffee and go out with and party with and all that stuff are not people who I would do that stuff with now and it's not because there's anything wrong with uh, them or what they're doing and choose to do with their life it's just because it doesn't really fit my doesn't resonate anymore fit. it doesn't resonate it doesn't fit it doesn't feel good for me now it doesn't fit my kind of tractions now and so what I've come to understand is that the more you pave this path by yourself it's quite lonely but you attract and kind of solidify friendships that um, are similar to you and so my friendship group is has shrunk considerably in terms of you know who I would go and hang out with and all, all that kind of stuff um, but the ones who are there are you know so inspiring it's you know it's kind of goes back to those boys they just they're paving their own ways they don't give two shits about what anyone thinks and what they're doing yeah, 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 and yeah, for, sure. it, for me that's just inspiring because I'm like how can you go out and do that and uh you know have so much of an impact yeah I think that I think I think that they've really just embraced embraced life as the fact that you've only got you've only got so much time on the planet have a go make a dent and it doesn't matter whether Cindy down the road thinks you're an arsehole 
because at the end of the day, she's not for you. She's not going to buy from you. She's not going to. She's not going to help you go go where you go going anyway. Um, so, a lot of these people that are that have um, any negative um, connotations towards you are just that's just a self reflection of what's pointing back at them, saying they need to work on something inside themselves. Because if, if 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 I trigger someone, or if you trigger someone, or if your success triggers someone, then that's only telling you inside that you, there's some lack of self worth that you've got to work on, right? It, it can only oh, be, yeah. it can only it can only point back at you. So like that's why it's, it's it's so good. And I agree with you. Another thing I agree with you on is the fact that your friendships, especially when you start ascending through this through these journeys that me and you're on, and that everyone else is going on, but you. Your friendships do get smaller because you just you will naturally just align yourself with people that that make you feel good that want to support you on your journey and, and are doing similar things and that's why that's why your friends are who who your friends are. So let's just pivot to this bit, right? So you so as far as I'm aware, when I when I was following you, you're writing recipes online, right? How did it go from writing recipes online to this book? So, I'd, I, I, so I, I, and I'm going to keep plugging that book because I, you know what I mean. I, <laughs> I'm going to put a link so you can um, go buy a book, guys. So make sure you go buy a book because this is the Lord, all right. This is this is not just anybody. This is the Lord, right? Carry on. <laughs> um, so I yeah, I built the website. I built a website which I didn't know how to do. But during the Sydney, uh, I, mean, I don't know if they were all the way up in Queensland as well. The Australia fires in. I think 2019 was yeah, it yeah, Christmas of yeah. 2019. Yeah, I remember. Um, we had a, uh, you know, those fires were awful. And in turn, it was in the middle of December, January, February, it was through all throughout summer. And I was house sitting for one of the people I worked with in this beautiful house with dogs and pool and on the beach and all this stuff. But it was so horrendous outside, just gray and ashy and you couldn't breathe. Um, for about three or four weeks, it was like that. And I just thought, I'm not, I can't go outside and enjoy summer like I would do. All this horrendous stuff is happening. What can I spend my time doing? And I'd had this idea to start putting recipes on a website because at the time I was doing them on Instagram. I can't remember how many followers I had. It didn't really matter, but I would screenshot under 10,000, but I would screenshot them whenever yeah. people would ask. So I'd have them written up my notes and then I'd screenshot them and send them through direct message. And I thought it would be really good if I could just put them on a website and then I could just direct people there. And so I started building this through those Christmas holidays, uh, just by myself, just hanging out every day, just spending hours on a laptop, building it, learning how to do all this and that. And I think I had maybe 10 recipes up to start and all the photos were just taken on iPhone 8 or whatever the iPhone was at the time. They weren't that great quality. The recipes were just... Yeah, because these, these pictures in here are phenomenal. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, that's Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, I'm glad you love them. Yeah. Um, and I think that food photography and stuff which I'm getting into now is is um, really important but then yeah I just started building this website and James and Darren had been on to me for probably the best part of two years to do something with the recipes and build an email list and all that kind of stuff and I thought I like I get it and I like what they do and I understand it but that's not it doesn't quite yeah. fit what I want to do and so it's got to be the right time for you and people to tell you to do that because it's it's obvious yeah. to me. It's obvious to me. It's been obvious to me for years about building a massive email list that I could have built a phenomenal email list. It's, it's, I know it's obvious to you. I mean, neither of us are fucking stupid. But the, but the issue is, unless you really want to do it and have the and yeah. have the and have the so for you, 
for me, I can build an email list with a podcast because I'm passionate about the podcast, so it's worth me building an email list. To do that with my other business, I just collected emails. As I, I was like, yeah, cool, collect emails. But like, I wasn't really fussed about it. The same with you and this this cooking stuff. That's why you're now collecting emails because you're actually passionate about it. But yeah, mm. so 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 it's all of these things, and I think that one of the things about having friends who are, you know, really successful in their own in their own rights is that it can be really annoying because they turn around and like you should do this you should do that you should do this you should do that and I'm like yeah but I don't want to do that that doesn't fit for me and it doesn't feel good for me and we're different people and in terms of characteristics you know couldn't be further on the end of the spectrum like I'm quite shy I would rather be like hidden in the back at the corner of a party than outright in the middle being loud and all that stuff but I think it's really about taking those principles and adopting it into your own way and what feels good for you and that for me is what I have started to really understand and there's you know success leaves footprints but you don't have to replicate those footprints you know imagine if I came on and was like uh you know doing a cooking class and almost cookie cut James's approach and was like you use a fucking margarine you should use fucking butter you belly yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) you should though it just just wouldn't it just wouldn't go like that I wouldn't feel comfortable doing it it wouldn't come across as you know it's not authentic is it yeah yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think that you take the principles and really make it your own. And for me, I was like, I don't want to send an email every day. Like I the, the email that I would love to receive, love to open, it goes like this, this and this. This is stuff I really like and it's almost kind of getting lost in your own mind and and dreaming yeah. about it. And so I built this email list off of the back of the website and since then it's just kind of grown and yeah, the website's only been going about 18 months and I think that every time I go on it, I just see things I want to change and I'm not happy with. And I think that's just the... Um, that's just, just a perfectionist though, of, isn't it? It's just a perfectionist. Yeah, that's just the narrative of, of the kind of, you know, person that I am and, and people that I'm sure you are and other people are. Um, but then a friend actually said to me, he was like, you should put this in, a like you should put your recipes in a book. And I thought like it was ridiculous. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. I remember getting his WhatsApp message and being like, oh, come on. And like it just made me feel like oh like nauseous. Is that, was, that Luke um, that said, nauseous. was that Luke that got you to do that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was Luke and I love he Luke. He's such much, a good guy. He's such a good guy, man. He's he's so good and he just thinks big picture, which yeah. petrifies me. But he thinks big picture and he thinks five years down the line, ten years down the line, that kind of stuff, mm. which I am not always that good at doing. And I think because I'm so um new to a lot of this stuff. I don't really know how to do that stuff. And he had said like, you, you know, you could, you could, you should do a book and you could self publish it and blah, blah, blah. And then as the, that kind of traction kept building as the momentum and self-belief from my end kept building and I would put more time into the things I loved, which was the recipes and the photographs and the creations and the filming it and stories and adding music and making it a real experience. Um, publishers picked up the idea and then it kind of blossomed into what was then food for the soul. Did did you did what kind of email list size did you have at the time when you started to get publishers interested in publishing your recipes? Can I ask? I, do you know it was before? It was before I'd even built the email list. Really? It was just after I built the website. Yeah, because I built the website and it was just before I'd started building the email list. And the publishers, the publishers who are not the ones that I went with, but the publishers at the time who were huge were interested. Um, and so it was just kind of off the back of that that I started having a bit of 
um, self-belief around it, but also like purpose and like, oh yeah, maybe this is something that we can do. And, and moreover, how can I help people? How can I share this with people? Because I still want to give out free content and the email is completely free. It takes me hours, hours and hours and hours a week. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's completely free to, to sign up and to do all that stuff. Um, but I really believe in giving value back. Um, and so I didn't even have an email list when the publishers were interested. I, th- I, th- I think, I think though, you, like you say, you just got to kind of back yourself and you, the reason, and I just want to go on to that point. The reason why you give so much away for free on, on to your email list and the reason why I do this and it's free, right, is because that is, that is why you can then sell a book um, because Pete, there are people in your audience that appreciate the value that you provide them, so they will turn out for you and they will buy your book because, you know, and that's and they're still getting a massive amount of value for the cost of that book anyway if they if they if they care to read it. It's just so it's like you're giving out something that gives you so much purpose to the world, but then you're getting back a small amount back, but that small amount is a lot to you and it's it's something good to to do within this. So I think it's a it's a real good value exchange, it's a real good feeling to do something around something you're passionate about you know Mm, I love it and when I left my when I decided to leave my farmer job and I knew that that would then be leaving Australia and blah 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 um it is the first time I've never not had uh monthly apart from when I was traveling it's the first time I've never not had like a monthly stable income and someone turned around to me and was like you should just charge you know a pound per supper club issue it's worth that it's blah 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 and you could make I think it was like eight hundred thousand a year or something like that and I thought you know what I could I probably could I'm yeah. sure even if the list didn't grow even if only 50 percent of people started subscribing to it or whatever I was like I probably could but I always think of me five years ago and me five years ago wouldn't pay for something like that because I didn't even know really how to cook yeah, 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 yeah. and so or eight years ago now but um, I really thought what would be interesting of me and I think money for me has always kind of come second and passion and purpose and that kind of stuff has always come first and I'm just a huge believer in the more that I give out be it free content be it books or events or whatever it, you know it is the more that I give out the more ends up coming back to you in different ways be it financially be it um you know a sense of purpose or satisfaction or just that feeling helping other people just that, just your just own, just feeling. your own self feeling is worth it. Like that, yeah, that. and you can't put a price on that. No, and for me, when I send out a supper club on Fridays, usually Friday mornings, and then you sit down on Saturday morning, and they might have you know a couple hundred emails of people just saying, "I love that recipe. Can't wait to try this. Here's a photo of one that I did last week. Hey, this has gone wrong. Can you help me? Love that quote. Love this. And I just, I absolutely love it. And I think there's probably so many people listening to this that probably have always wanted to write a book and do a book, but 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 there. And I think there's a book in everybody. I think there's a book in me. I think there's a book in everyone that listens to this podcast. I probably will write a book eventually. But um, a lot of people just don't have that self belief to be able to go and execute on it to go and get it done. You know what I mean? It's just there's there's, there's so many excuses that you can make to 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 not doing not doing a book. So. Obviously, like I know you would have faced a few of those issues yourself. Like how from 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 the time when you got a book deal to the time to like how long did they give you to put it together once you got this deal? Uh, it was probably I want to say it took around two years or just under two years in the making from 
or longer than two years from the concept of yeah. Luke saying, I think you, you could pull something together, even if it's an ebook, even if it's a self-published book, that he was saying as a friend, not as, you know, someone who's going to be a part of it at all. He's just, you know, as a friend, kind of like a flippant comment. Um, probably a two years from concept. And then as it kind of built and as the self-belief built and as the ideas around what I wanted to create and the recipes I wanted to bring and what else I wanted to put in, in terms of writing and how I wanted the book to feel when you open it and go through the pages. Yeah. Um, that kind of slowly slotted in as time goes through, but I'd, I'd never written one before. I had no idea what I was doing and the publishers, I mean, they were amazing, but they were pretty much like, yeah, do, do, do whatever you want. And I was like, well, do you want a breakfast chapter? Do you want this? And they were like, I don't know. Do you? Which was incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got that license. Whatever you want. But there was no like, yeah, you should, there was no structure. There's no guidance. There was no, uh, you know, we need this by this date. It was, we need everything by this date. And I remember being like, well, do I just sit on words and type it out? Do I sit on pages? How do you want it? <laughs> like, just the most random stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, probably two years from, from the concept into actually um, finishing the book. And so do you just then hand them a load of stuff and then they just go through it all and then put it into a book for you and assemble it for you? Or how does that, how does that all go? Cause I, I really don't know. And I'm trying to learn it myself. Like how does that all work? Then you just hand them a big dossier and say, Hey, there you go. Put that into a book or. So kind of it goes in snippets. So the recipes were the first thing. And I was really um, set with the recipes in that I wanted to test them all several times. And I wanted like friends to test them and to try them to make sure that, you know, the recipes work because there's nothing worse in my experience than picking up a cookbook or a magazine, making a recipe that looks amazing and making it and either it tastes amazing, but it looks nothing like nothing like what you want, like nothing like the photo. Yeah. I, I yeah, guarantee or, you, I guarantee if I cooked anything in your book, it looked nothing like the photo. <laughs> uh, well, have you cooked anything in my book? Frankie? No, no, but I've looked through every I'll leave page. It at that. I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to sit and lie on my own podcast. I'm telling you now, I've not cooked nothing in your book, but I tell you now, I loved every image in it. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I like, I like that. <laughs> but that's the thing. If you did, if you did try and make something from it, hopefully it yeah. would look similar because uh, so much of the work has gone in in the background. But for me, there's nothing worse than either. It looks nothing like the photo which they sold me. It's like I've been completely catfished mm. on the recipes or the recipe's really difficult and I find the mythology difficult and it doesn't work. And even yeah. if I've tried it two or three times, it just, it turns to shit. So I really wanted to make sure that the recipes were tried and tested. So we, we kind of hand over the recipes first and then they go through them and um, like do the normal things like grammar, grammatical errors, spell checks, uh, like are the eggs at room temperature or are they from the fridge or what size of eggs or those kind of nitpickings. And then literally everything else. And I'm so surprised by this is I was like, well, it needs an introduction. Here's my introduction. And they go through and might say like, oh yeah, I think you should expand more on this point or this. But I thought that you hand them this idea, they kind of type it out, make it look all beautiful and pretty and then publish it. Yeah. But really they're That's what just I thought too. <laughs> kind of, no, <laughs> which is incredible because I can open up the book and think, every single word that I've put in has been something that I've typed. Maybe they've, you know, said you need to expand on this, but they haven't typed, you know, none of it's been ghostwritten. In none, the no ghostwriting, no. No, no ghostwriting. Um, nothing, even the intros to the recipes, the the blurbs at the beginning, the chapter titles, the quotes that I've put on every chapter it's page. All yours. Everything is, is what I've sat down and written and in the order that I've written it. So they do an amazing job at kind of obviously spell checking it, grammatically checking it and being like, mm, I think you should expand on this or mm, this is kind of irrelevant. 
Um, but other than that, it's pretty much just everything that I've sat down and written. And so you just send it off in segments. They it comes back and it's all red lined and commented, and you know you kind like, of like a school report, like again. my school report, eh? yeah. <laughs> yeah. like a school report. And you feel like way down there, you hand yeah. something and you're like, oh, you know, I've just spent months doing this, and then you hand they hand it back to you, and you're like, oh. <laughs> um, but it's that kind of constant journey. Of, it's like a of, constant iteration uh, of of your own idea, really. And constantly yeah and if i had if i had two more years on that blooming book i would probably keep changing it and changing it and refining it and refining it and refining it constantly and now i pick it up and it took me a while to actually pick up and read it because i find that i'm quite like judgmental of my own stuff so it took me a while to pick up and and actually read any of it in chunks other than the recipes um but all i can see now is things i'd expand on things i'd change i'd add this i there's nothing i take away but there's loads of stuff that i just because creation just i think being creative just fuels more creativity and so there's maybe nearly 90 recipes in that book and off of the back of that i can think of a hundred more i want to do and a hundred more i want to do and a hundred more of this and so it just fuels this constant feed i suppose yeah no i think i think i think you're never going to be if I did a hundred podcasts, right, and then I wrote a book about a chapter, a, 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 a few pages on every person that I had on the podcast on what I'd learned from them for arguments. Say I wrote that kind of book and then put my own spin on it, right? Obviously, after 200 guests, you're thinking, well, I could have included so much more in that book. Do you know what I mean? Like, than, than, than what was written. Well, you can always, you're always going to look back two years after you've done something and think, oh, I could have done a better job. But you did, you did as good as you could do at that particular time. So, but, but when you released that book, did you have any idea that you were going to become a Sunday Times bestseller? Like, did you, did you, did you even like, did you even know how many books you had to sell to become a Sunday Times bestseller? No, and I, I don't know how many I've sold today. I don't ask the question. They don't. T- I'm sure they tell you know the book um, agent, but yeah, I don't yeah. ask the question. I don't really want to. I don't really not. That I don't want to know. But whatever figure they tell me, it doesn't really mean anything yeah, yeah, to yeah, me yeah, because yeah. I don't know whether it. Because I'm so new to it, I don't know whether it's good or whether it's bad. I just know that it's better than than what they had expected, which is yeah, phenomenal. Phenomenal. But I genuinely, if I if I knew that 100 people who I've never met before in real life, you know, so outside of family and friends, if I knew that 100 people had gone out and bought the book that just it make it almost makes me feel emotional it just makes me feel so good so the figure on it doesn't really yeah it doesn't really um it's not really something that I'm that interested in but I don't know how many it sold or how many you need to sell or who it was up against or anything like that and I think that it could have been really easy to compare it to other people and friends who have books out and I'm quite lucky in that it's a completely different kind of book, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, um, it's not the same book as what all your friends have done because a lot of your friends have done like no. fitness industry type books, haven't they? So, um, and, and and other things like that. I mean, your book is just a complete standout from 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 what your friend group does. Yeah, it's just it's just a different it's a different angle. I mean, it's still you know my passion my purpose and my connection which i'm sure theirs are as well but it's just my angle which happens to be food <laughs> yeah yeah and I, 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 but i just want to know how you felt about in inside when you got that call to say that you are a you're you know a sunday times best-selling author because we talked on here earlier about the amount of struggles that you're going for and the, and you, you, you use the word hate and I know it was a strong connotation but you use that word and it's like, well, how did you feel the day someone rings you and says, Lucy Lord, your book is a Sunday Times best-selling book. Like, did you, 
I imagine I imagine the pride was bursting out of your chest at this point because you've just you've not only done that you've not only done it but you've done it with something you're passionate about you're purposeful with like surely surely that was a really pivotal point in your time it was but at the same time it wasn't like it wasn't you know it was oh that you know that's amazing but even if someone yeah. had phoned and had said you know your book's number 101 I don't I because I think I put everything into it and like you said I did the best yeah, I did could the best at that do, time yeah. and there was so like there was so much other stuff going on um I really could sit happily and say even if even if nothing comes from it even if you know at the time when I brought out the book I didn't know I'd end up leaving my job and, and following you know a different career or pursuit even if none of that happens I would have just been thrilled to pour my all into everything to not be a hundred percent happy and to have done and to have done it anyway. Um, and I think that that for me is kind of like the life, the life lesson is that there's no, you know, when you achieve what you set out to achieve, be that a goal or be that um, anything, you know, extrinsic or intrinsic, it's not like there's a small party for you. There's no trumpets, there's no rainbows, yeah. there's nothing. It's not an it's outcome. It's just that feeling it's a journey. There's no outcome. It's that, yeah. And it's that feeling inside of, do you know what? I gave my absolute all. I love the process. I've learned so much. I've grown from it. It was really uncomfortable at times, you know, and I came out the other side. Yes. And that for me was the, was the feeling of, yeah, that's, that was it. But honestly there was, yeah, it wasn't like a, um, I, yeah, I don't know. I think I just sat in that evening. I didn't, I didn't celebrate it or anything. I just yeah. sat in, I poured a Negroni. And I sat in and was like, right, well, you know, how can I make it better? What can I do now? What can I, you know, just kind of thinking, thinking ahead. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think, I think because you, you've given so much good wisdom to to the boys and other people in life about about the fact that it's not about the outcome; it's more about the journey. I think you're, you're kind of fully aware of that yourself. But the one thing I want to touch about, touch on that the audience should know that is um you. You put to get you put a massive sacrifice out there because when you left that high paying job um, in the pharmaceutical game, you fully knew that not only were you removing your safety blanket in terms of wages and all that stuff to pursue your dream, but you knew that your Australian visa was on was gone. Like, and that's that's gotta that's gotta give you some kind of anxiety in yourself, uh, like anxiety, excitement, same kind of thing. But you know what I mean? Like, that's gotta that's gotta have some feeling attached to it, surely. Mm, yeah, that for me was like the, and especially because, you know, I had my, so I, I wasn't, a re- I'm not a resident, but I had residency in the pipeline for, I think, November oh, this year. Really? So it was like, if I can just, yeah. So I'm like, if I can cling on 10 more, 12 more months, whatever it is, when I flew back from the UK last year, quarantined, whatever, I remember thinking, if I can hold on for 12 more months in this job that I didn't hate it and I didn't, you didn't dislike love it. I just felt like I'd kind of grown out of it and it was almost like an inconvenience because it was paying for me to do, um, you know, to live in a beautiful spot in Bondi and all of these great things. And it was paying for me to essentially follow my passion. But I thought if I can just cling on for 12 more months, then I'll have my residency and then I'll have this and then I can, then I can take the jump. But I just thought that is 12 months of just not being happy and fulfilled. And I think especially my six, my last six months there, you know, you're paying all this money to live in this beautiful spot. I barely saw the beach until the last yeah. six weeks when I knew that I was leaving and I'd handed my notice and done all that stuff. You know, so I spent most of the time in the kitchen all weekends, all evenings, all mornings, that kind of stuff. And I just thought quality of life for another 12 months just to say I've got a visa 
I'm like, I'm not sure it's worth it. And I kind of thought if I had my residency right now, where would I be? And I was like, I'd go back to the UK. And so I thought, okay, I'll just go. Um, And so that was like a real, that was the real thing that was um, a test to me. And still, even now, you know, wake up in the morning, it's July, middle of summer, it's pouring down with rain. And I think, oh, did I make the right decision? And I must have that every day, must have that thought every single day. But it's more the feeling of, thriving um than having to constantly stress and pressure and try and fit everything around just for the sake of what i think i should do but do you know do you know what a lot of people miss when it's like when they li- when when i lived in england um everything's so close loose like you can just go across mm-hmm. the, you can just go across to france on the in a couple of hours you know you can go to you can you can be an ib for in two and a half hours you know what i'm saying like you can, it's not like yeah, it's it might be raining outside, but you can be in sunshine in two and a half hours or three hours at most. And if you want, if you want uninterrupted sunshine, you can go Turkey or Greece or wherever you want to go. Like it's, it, it, you are in a place that is highly connected to real good destinations at, at the drop of a hat with real good flight times. At the end of the day, it's not like it's not like Australia. Australia, you kind of where you're just on your own, aren't you? Really, like. There's, Tasmania, New Zealand on your doorstep, but other than that, it's nothing really, nothing really else about, is there? Like you can't exactly just go anywhere. Yeah, six hours flight from Sydney, and you, you know, you're still in Australia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but you, one of the things that I found coming back, and what Australia and traveling and moving away and living somewhere where you don't know anything really gave me, is this sense of there's so much here. There's so much that I did not appreciate there's so much to do even without jumping on a plane there's so much to do and discover and to learn and likewise in when I was in Sydney I was the only um pretty much the only English person working for the company I worked for and I'd be like hey guys I'm going to the northern beaches next week where's really good have you done this have you done the bridge climb have you done the coastal walk and they'd be looking at me like no and I'm like, you've lived in Sydney, yeah, this yeah, cosmopolitan yeah, yeah. city for how many years? And you've, you've never, never done, done this? Yeah. And you've never done that? What do you do on your weekends? Oh, just this, this and this. And I thought, fuck me, like you are wasting yourself and this beautiful country. And then I've come back to the UK with you're that doing the mindset same. of there's so much to do. There's so much to see. There's so much to explore. And there's so many things about the UK, which I didn't appreciate at the time that I just love now. And I'm trying to bring a lot of the stuff that I loved in Sydney and the lifestyle and the habits that I built over there and bring them back here. And you don't need sunny weather and it makes it easier. Yeah. yeah. Of course, but you don't need, you know, sunshine nine months of the year to enjoy those things or to get up early or to, um, you know, find or like explore and, and have weekends away and all of that kind of stuff, go on nice walks and hikes and all that hippie stuff that I'm into. You don't need Australia for that. And as soon as I kind of realized that when I was in Sydney, I there's this kind of sense of immense freedom of wherever I go, there's going to be so much stuff to explore and to grow as a person um, and just not get complacent. I, 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 I love that. I love the fact that you've gone you've gone back to the UK with fresh eyes and, and are doing the things. Every time, sometimes when I go back to the UK, I end up just staying in Cambridgeshire and, 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 you know, I might just track off to London one day, but like, I always go back there with a thing. I've seen, how many times you've been sat in Australia, right? You look on Instagram and someone goes, can you believe this is in the UK? And it'd be a picture of a beach in Cornwall uh, or it would be the Devonshire coast. And it's like, it looks unbelievable. And I've seen a few parts of it, but like, 
you kind of when you go back you you have every every aspiration you're going to go there but then i never I, but then loose i never i never do it i never do it but, it's, to be fair it is hard when you're just back visiting because i feel like unless i mean i came back for a month i think six weeks at one point just for holidays yeah, yeah. Uh, but like visiting people or for weddings whatever and it's just wham bam 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 it, they, unless you're here or anywhere for a good amount of time I don't think that you can truly, yeah. you know, explore it. Um, so I, fa- I found that when I was back visiting, definitely. But now I'm back living. I'm like, right, I've got, and I've got so much more free time because I'm not flogging drugs. I'm like, I, there's you know, flogging the drugs. Possibilities, <laughs> the possibilities, are, the possibilities are endless, and yeah. there's still so much that I haven't done, and there's so much on my Australia bucket list that I haven't done. I never got out to Perth. I spent, you know a week in Queensland. I, want, so I wanted, you on, I want I wanted you on the podcast so far, you know what I mean? I wanted you, I, do, do you know what I'm saying? It would have gone so much smoother at the start if you'd just been on the sofa, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 My technical ability is just terrible on these things, I tell you. <laughs> But um, but now honestly, like I, I agree with you. I agree with you. You got it. It's good that you're back there. It's good that you're embracing it. And this is another reason I just want to tell the audience as well, like, I thought about selling my apartment quite a few times, you know, bring the money over here, buy something over here, do this, do that, do this. But part of the reason I'm keeping that apartment is I thought, you know what, that's not a bad little podcast studio when I go back there, you know, just kit it out, get it all decked out nice and you could prop have an upmarket podcast theme in the apartment. That's why I've kept it really. But uh, well, that's what I tell myself anyway. But um, give us... um, You've got so many pearls of wisdom, Lord. Right? I just, I, I just got to get you to drop some. I've got, I've got, I've got to ask you for it. I don't know, I don't know what particular pearls I'm asking for right now. I have no idea. But just give me right your top three pieces. That, no, 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 Lord, I, no, Lord. I've, I've, I've heard so many bangers from your mind over the years. I just need you to do it. I like give me okay. Give me your top one. Give me your top. If if you're gonna if you're gonna leave the world with something, leave them with this. What is your top one piece of wisdom and advice for people out there that that need it right now? If you if you left the world today, oh god, I'm always like, I, I truly believe that the advice that we give or anything that I've said, which might have been pearls of wisdom before, it was only because it was relevant to me at the time. And there's some quotes or whatever that I might hear and think, eh, that's shit. And then five years down the line, be like, oh my God, that's profound. (laughs) You know, so I think it's only really, we only hear it depending on where we're at. But one that kind of came to mind earlier when we were speaking about, um, you know, people don't always want to see you do well or they they want to see you do well, but not better than them. And it, it often comes back to reflection within our own selves. It's one that I heard the other day, which I'd heard before, but just seems to hit harder now, I suppose, which is um, the world is not as it is. It's how we see it. I think I yeah, might yeah, yeah, that up. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, so, love that. I love that. Everything, you know, the world is how we see it. So how we see other people, the flaws that we see in other people or perceived flaws we see in other people. Are showing it within the us. Things, the thing, yeah, the world is a mirror. The things we don't like, and I'm not, you know, perfect. I don't walk around in this airy fairy bubble of, you know, chill. Uh, I still get triggered by things. I still, some things still really piss me off. There's still people that I'm like, oh, you know, you dickhead. But what I see in them is, is just a reflection of me. And I think the more that I've become... Uh, aware of that and come to understand that and understand that the world is just how I see it it's not how it is 
um, the more I've really started to appreciate that and almost become really aware of my behavior. And so if someone's rude to me, it doesn't mean that I have to be rude back or that I need to complain or, yes, yes. you know, anything like that. It really changes the way that I am within the world, which then changes the way that I see the world, which then changes my experience, which then change, changes my friends. And for me, if that's like a constant growth of moving more towards awareness and purposefulness and just this sense of real contentment and freedom it's only a good thing i think yeah i love it i love it i love and there's another there's another one that i loved from you i just remembered it it was um one that you said to jim it was it was about um boats and harbors and how how (laughs) boats aren't built to stay in harbors and can you give me a bit of a context around that and 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 why you delivered that at the time I mean, I can't remember where we were, but it was somewhere in Sydney. And I think he had to come back to the UK or he was being deported or something like that. Being deported. Was... <laughs> oh, just being deported. It's okay. We'll just skim yeah. over that point. Yeah, yeah skim um, over it, yeah. But I remember him speaking to me about this fear of going back and he hadn't really set up the academy. I don't think the academy was a thing then. Yeah. He, you know, there was some traction. There was some like something sticking, something's working well. But it was this, oh, I'm going to have to go either back to the UK or Bali or somewhere. And I like it here. I want to be here. And it was, again, it was a quote that I'd heard or seen or something that was just like, I always think the good shit sticks. Yeah, yeah, and it yeah. was just somewhere back there. And I said to him, I was like, I've heard this thing and I think you really like it. And it's that, you know, boats are safe in a harbor, but that's not what boats are built for. Yeah. And yeah. He was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that kind of resonates. And then off he's done and and done all these amazing things. And we always come back to that quote or that saying and just think, you know, how easy it is to stay safe and to stay with what we know. But that's not what we're here for. That's not not your purpose. Our our purpose is for it to be to get outside and be uncomfortable and challenge ourselves and grow and to fail and to learn from those failings and take something forward. It's not to just, okay, I've made this, I've made this much money. I'm just going to sit in my house with this and just kind of tick these boxes and, and move along slowly as long as everything goes right, because not, not much happens when everything goes right. You know, we learn when things go wrong yeah, or they yeah. have a plan B almost. Um, so I love that saying. I, 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 that's, that's the one that I remembered um, when, you know, one of your famous sayings, I know you've got loads of them, but another thing I want to ask you as well, Lord, is because obviously there's a, there's a lot going on for you right now. Obviously the book's out, it's selling well. I'll put a link in the description so that people can go and get the book. And, and a lot of people or the listeners might've already got your book anyway, but like, what is next for Lucy Lord? Like where, where, where are you taking this? Are you building on uh, online cookery show or what, what's, what's, what's the goal here? What's what, what, what future things have you got in the pipeline? I don't really know, to be honest. I love your honesty with this. (laughs) There's a few things that I really want to do. And I'm almost like when I left the UK five years ago, and I needed that space to be like, who am I? What do I love? What brings me, what lights me up? What brings me passion? What brings me close to this feeling of connection, other people and purpose and drive and all of that stuff. I'm kind of, I put myself purposely in that space again so that I can start to learn and understand like right I know my passion I know what I love to do and what I could spend hours doing and the thing that makes me not want to pick up my phone and check messages or whatsapps or whatever so I know what that is but now how can I deliver that to people is it another book is it keep doing books is it moving on to the online space and doing yeah online courses is it doing events in people stuff I'm not really sure and so 
I think there's all of these things that I am thinking about and want to do. So we probably will do in-person events, probably will do uh, more online events. I've, I've done a few of those before and I love them. Um, but I'm just going to keep trying and leaning towards stuff that feels good. that I want to do. I'm sure a lot of them will come into nothing in the future, but hopefully something will stick and it'll go. And I don't know what that looks like. I know what drives me. I know what I love. I know what my purpose is. I feel it. But I don't know what that looks like. And so I suppose with things like that, you just have to keep one step in front of the other, just moving closer every day. And eventually something will something will come from it. But I, I don't know. I can't sit here yeah, and say I want to yeah. uh, launch an online cooking school or do, anything do, like that. Do, do you know what I've always thought, right? When I, when I got this book, right, I thought there's no chance in a month for Sundays that I'm going to that I'm going to cook from the book, right? There's not. I'm just going to be totally honest with you, Lord. There's no chance. I'm a basic, I like basic things like straight potatoes, straight, I like, I like just basic stuff. I don't want to have to think too, too aggressively, even if you've written it down. But I thought the one thing Lord could do that I would buy, right, that I'd buy tomorrow and that I thought, I thought it would be great because it's just like a great little thing is if you, if you released like a cookery collection, like pans, knives, just call them the, the, the Lord's work, right? trademark that name the lord's work right and just i would buy every piece of the lord's work just to have it in the kitchen even if i didn't use it just just to look at it because that's more that's that's kind of that's what that's my personal opinion i don't know about what you think but you could you could blow the idea out of the water but i just reckon yeah merchandise i reckon the, the lord's work is is the things that i would personally <laughs> use as a man i'd be like right i'd be I'm cutting my stuff with I'm I'm cut, I'm still cutting my basic carrots, but I'm cutting it with the Lord's work. Do you know what I'm saying? It just works. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. I think, you know, I'm pretty sure Duran and James have not cooked anything from my I'm like I'm pretty Absolutely confident. Zero. They I, I can promise you. I yeah, can promise you zero. I, ex- I know, I wouldn't expect them to. I would be more offended if they told me they had and lied than or had and didn't want to than they did. And I think that's the thing, everyone likes different things and how boring would the world be if we all liked the same things and the same people and the same characteristics. And so if you don't like, I'm like, if you don't like cooking, then you don't have to buy the book. You know, yeah, it doesn't, yeah, 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 I'm not yeah. offended by it. It's like when people say, oh, I hate to say this, but I don't like banana bread. I'm like, that's cool. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't matter at all. For me, it really is. Um, you know, h- hoping to inspire people about finding what brings them purpose and passion and connection. And yeah, maybe the brand will extend into merchandise or online events or something which is outside of, of food and cooking. I don't really know, but I'm open. Yeah, I'm open to all of those ideas and things. But um, yeah, I definitely don't expect everyone to go and, um, you know, suddenly fall in love with cooking because I know that it's not everyone's thing, much like you know, you could tell me how great podcasting is, but hosting a podcast for me, I'm like, it's not, oh, it's not something it's that not lights something you up. That, yeah. It's not something that lights me up, but that doesn't matter because I still hugely, like I love listening to podcasts. I respect them so much and the hard work that goes into them, but it doesn't mean that I have to then. You don't have do to do one thing. yourself. Yeah. 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 I, and that's what I say to people. Everyone says to me, Hey, hey Frank, I want to do a podcast. I'm like, like, bro, like seriously, there's a lot of work in a podcast and it's hard to get traction. It's hard to get from zero to a thousand listeners on a podcast. It's really hard. And unless you're willing to put the work in and do do the graph work, forget about it. Because there's some people that are naturally meant to be doing podcasts and some people that potentially are naturally meant to be cooking in a kitchen and some people that are naturally meant to be an accountant. Just do whatever makes you feel 
like what just I tell people to work on the skills they're already good at rather than trying to go and learn a new skill. Do, do, do you get do you get what I'm saying? Like p- people see my skipping videos, Lord, on Instagram, right? And they're like, Frankie, I want to skip like you. And I'm like, you got a fuck all chance because not because not because you can't, but have you been doing it for twenty fucking years? Like, do you know what I mean? I, I feel I it's, as soon as I picked up a rope, I kind of intangibly knew. I'm I'm going to be pretty good at this. I'm going to be pretty good at this. I just I had a feeling about it. you get a feeling about it when you started cooking and baking and started to put things together. You must have had a little bit of a feeling inside yourself to say, mm, "Hang on a minute, I'm going to be pretty damn good at this." And I'm I've got a bit of a. Do, do, do you get that? Do you get that feeling? Do you, do you think that's the right kind of advice? Am I giving the right kind of advice on that, or am I or am I smoking crack right now? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> No, I think it I think it goes full circle back to, you know, what we were saying earlier in that everyone has that thing that lights them up and it's about finding that thing and then through finding that thing you find your people and your tribe and I'm sure some people, you know, won't like me. Or I know some people won't like me, won't like my cookbooks, won't ever buy anything from me, won't do all of yeah. this, will unfollow me. That is almost like guaranteed. And I think for me, as soon as I know that and I accept it and acknowledge it, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't um, bother me or affect my day or, or what I do. It only drives you further down that passion and that purpose. And it's it's almost like, I can't remember the quotes, so I won't misquote it, but it's like a stoic thing. I think Marcus Aurelius said it. He's like, to wake up and know that someone's going to piss you off. Someone's not going to like you. Someone's going to be rude to you. Yeah. Someone's going to be unfair. Life is going to be unfair obstacles are going to come your way as soon as you know that and accept that yeah then it's like okay and you can just keep moving towards your own thing and what lights you up and like we said for someone to turn around and say to me like oh lucy you should do a podcast i'm like cool i get that you love doing it but it doesn't light me up and yep. so if i was yep. to pour time and energy into it it wouldn't it wouldn't sit right with me it wouldn't feel right because it's not something that i you know, excites me. Whereas yeah. if someone was like, "Oh, hey, Lucy, you should do uh, an online cooking event," I'd be like, "I'm mate. like, I'd yeah, be in my yeah, element." Yeah. So I think it's just 100%. like you said, it's listening to what we like to do, and rather than yes, uh, and you know, you mentioned maybe putting a book together with all your podcast people on, and I think that's an amazing idea, and it, it's quite similar to uh, Tim Ferriss' Tribe yeah, of yeah, Mentors, yeah, 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 which, like for me, I loved that book because you can just pick it up find people that resonate with you and, and, and read dive. their piece yes exactly and, yes, and just get, and just get further all... into what they say yes 100 but what we can't do and i think what is so um so easy to do is cookie cutter cop like copy their approach or their beliefs and it's yep. this like wake up at five in the morning do this do that it's like yeah. well what happens if you don't like waking up at five or what happens if you've got three kids and you're up until you know two o'clock in the morning the ideas there, the concepts there of finding your own way and starting the day right, but it's then how we interpret that in our own lives and our own individualities of what lights us up that then paves our own life rather than just, oh, Frankie said it was good to do 2,000 skips, so I'm going to do that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. If I, if I told people the amount of work that you have to put in to get your feet to move like my feet move, yeah, the amount of work that has to go in to cook at the and, and to create beautiful dishes at the way that you create them. If I, if people knew the amount of work that goes into that, 
is they would they would fully understand actually maybe I want to take a minute right now and think about what what that skipping is to me what that cooking is to me is what is that to me like what and I just I don't know oh actually I'm going to ask you this then what is your advice to people out there loose and and be 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 clear as you can with it like on on how people can find their purpose in life like in terms of like what what lights them up i just want to i just want your opinion on it mm, and it's something that i've thought about quite a lot because suddenly i feel like i've found mine but only in the last year have i felt like i found it yeah. when actually it's been something that's been building up for five or six years yes and if i speak to people who are unhappy in their jobs and that kind of stuff I'm like, i want to leave i want to do this i want to you know i see what you've done and i want to you know i feel like i should do the same but i don't know what i'm doing i'm like okay how can i if i was to speak to my self six years ago what advice would i give and it would just be to pay attention to pay attention to the things that we're doing why we're doing them how it feels and how it sits with us because we're all going to be different but yeah just just coming back and paying attention which sounds so just it doesn't sound that exciting it sounds really boring and really easy but what I've come to learn is that most people including myself have gone through life not paying attention to anything and so it's like why am I buying this handbag is it to fit in is it to and there's nothing wrong if that's you know that's the thing there's nothing wrong if that's if that's if that's what it is but yeah really learning and becoming aware of why we do things so for me it was like I really enjoy cooking but why why I enjoy baking I enjoy creating recipes I don't want to go to an event and cater for 100 people I don't enjoy that I enjoy spending hours days in the kitchen with music in podcasts in in my own world creating recipes and then finding a way to share them artistically and um, you know put them out into the world that's what I enjoy and it's just kind of leaning into it more and more so yeah just I would say just become aware into your daily habits and what you do and what serves you what doesn't feel good what feels good and it'll be different for everyone so to not compare and and judge and think well do you know what I feel good if I sleep in until eight in the morning it doesn't matter really doesn't matter And, and and like you just said there it's just basically a case of, in my opinion, from what you've said and from my own personal opinion, it's like, it's just honour yourself. Be honest with yourself as to what you truly like. I wouldn't, like, personally, I wouldn't be able to go down and, and, and do my shadow boxing at the gym and, and, and lift weights if I didn't enjoy it and didn't want to make that a daily habit. And, you know, like, the daily... You've only got... In fact, I'll give it. I'll give you. I'll give the audience a great piece of advice here. You've only got to see what your passion, what you're truly passionate about. A lot of times, if you look through your credit card and debit card statement and see what you're buying the most, and if you go and if you look through your YouTube and Google search history and you see what you're looking at the most. Now, say I look through that and it says boxing's my my passion, or it says or whatever. Say say it said boxing was my passion. Obviously, that doesn't mean that you have to go out there and be a boxer. To, to 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 be in line with that passion you could you could set up a boxing store on shopify and still be aligned with your passion and make money out of it right so there's, there's lots of things you could do to self-identify what your passion or, or what your purpose might be but also be be fully uh, open to trying lots of trying trying lots of things in terms of like you know being open to trying new things in order to find it find out what it is as well so you've got to be open to that i mean but hmm, I, I th- and drop the drop the um 
like the outcome, like you were saying earlier, yes. drop the title and the expectation of be it salary or just drop all of yeah. that stuff and just be like, you know, I'm just going to do more of what I really enjoy. And through that, things will come. And yes. I think the more you, you know, the more you know, the more you know. And the more I've kind of stepped into this food world, I'm like, there's a hundred different jobs, food photography, food stylist. There's a job where you can literally go and pick props for food shoots. And I'm like, I would love that. I would get lost in that kind of job. Yes, but there's a yeah. hundred different things. It's not just, you know, there's not just one thing. There's not one thing. Um, no, no, no. I, I, and, 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 I, I, and I love that. I think, I think, I think that should, that should cover it for a lot of people. It's just like lean, lean into things that you genuinely enjoy and explore them a little bit more and it'll all work out. But one thing I just want to pick up that Luce said um, was the fact that, you know, three years there, she thought she wasn't going anywhere, but she was just kind of mulling around. But that was all putting together the pieces that allowed her to be where she is now with a best-selling book and all this stuff that she's got going on now. It's, there was, it's, it's like a hockey, hockey stick growth at the end, but there was a, there was a, 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 like a steady rise there for a little while and then you went off like this and that, and that's how a lot of, that's how a lot, that's how a lot of, um, listenership has come to the podcast and it's how, it's how a lot of things go off. So I just think if you're there right now and you think that you've not found it yet or you're stressing out about finding it, just try not to stress about trying to find it, try and just enjoy all the blessings that you have getting up in the morning and feeling the day, you know, you know, the fact that you might have your mum and dad still alive and all this kind of stuff that people just kind of forget and, and, and all this beauty, all the beautiful things that we all have that cost us nothing, but we don't appreciate in the moment. When we start appreciating that, that's when I think that your purpose turns up for you and everything starts to get a little bit more beautiful. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that I really think there's so much beauty in life when we, slow down and for me it's something that I've got to really force because I or instill because I have this habit of just going everything full speed and this and that and I feel like I work really well in that and juggling at that kind of high speed high pressure high momentum but actually all of the kind of little beauties of the day just yep. slip through my fingers when it's like that and the beauties of the journeys or the beauties of you know pulling a cookbook together just slip through the day and I don't stop and appreciate them when I'm moving at that speed so for me I have to really force like this life in the slow lane almost because then you really do start to see everything that you're grateful for and from that place you start to build more of it it's this kind of abundance mindset yeah, 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 yeah. Of, it's momentum you know, built momentum doesn't yeah, it yeah it's momentum and it's it's, def it's not something you have or um, don't have it's a mindset and a way of seeing the world and of moving through your day and for me it, there's been such a profound shift from moving towards just ticking off to do's and this and that and this and that even if it's something I love doing into just moving you know a lot more slower and starting to to um, pay more attention to myself and what am I doing and why am I doing it and how does it feel when I do it? How do I feel after? How do I feel before? How do I feel during it? All those kind of things. And that's when you start to pick out like, oh, actually, I've been meeting my mate, I don't know, Rob. I don't know a Rob, but I've been meeting my <laughs> mate Rob for coffee <laughs> once a month. It's three yeah. hours. I come away feeling drained. You know, it yes, doesn't add anything it. to my life. I'm sure it doesn't add anything to his, but it's a habit that I'm stuck in and I'm doing it. Yeah. Why am I doing it? Yeah. And then just pulling the plug on that and pulling the plug on, other things and habits or hobbies like I love strength training and it's for me it's the feeling of going in and coming out feeling empowered and feeling strong 
but there's other ha- there's other yeah. things I don't enjoy doing and I'm like okay I don't enjoy that why skipping I'm like why why am I trying to skip like Frankie Lee I don't enjoy skipping let's drop that let's do this let's do that all that kind of stuff that that's it like and I, I'm happy in the fact that I'll do the skipping, you do the cooking. All right, like it was sweet. Like we we ain't got to we ain't got we ain't got to encroach on each other's <laughs> each other's disciplines right now. Like, <laughs> but that, it's still it's the same like yeah, the yeah. undercurrent. So I think what everyone brings is completely different. But the yes. undercurrent, which and that's is that beautiful. feeling of like yeah, that feeling of of being lit up and doing something we love. That's the feeling that we have in common and other people have in common. But it all it all translates differently into the world, and that's what makes it beautiful. Yes, yes. Uh, and Lucy Lord, that is why I got you on here because you make everything I say, you, you, you put it all together and you make it sound even better because you say it <laughs> and you're right. And it's just, and, that's, and this, is, this is why we get the wisdom of the Lord on the show. And that's it. But Lucy Lord, drop your website, drop your Instagram so people can follow you. Let let the people know where they can get your stuff. So, and I'll put I'll put I'll put all the links in the description as well. So, just drop your Instagram for them. Thank you, Frankie. Um, so, yeah, my website is www.lordlucy.com, and then if you want to subscribe to Supper Club, which is the free weekly newsletter, and uh, that comes out that comes out every Friday, and it's my biggest passion. I absolutely love it. It doesn't cost a thing um, uh, for people to join or be a part of. And then my Instagram handle is at Lord Lucy. At Lord Lucy, and you should definitely follow her because she is a good woman. And uh, do you know what? Thank you so much for your time on the podcast. Guys, if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with as many people's ears as possible. As always, if you can drop me a review on, on Apple, drop me a comment on YouTube and all that stuff. Go Message Lucy, tell her, tell her how much you love her wisdom and all that stuff. I would appreciate that too. And again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, tune in next week for another episode and much love. Don't forget to subscribe to the Frankie Lee Podcast.